Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hey fellow fit nerds, this is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life. I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram, it's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation. Everybody needs some inspiration. Check out our page. We have superhero workouts. We're going to be launching um, a brand new fit kit pretty soon. And we have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, My email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com. So like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is um, certainly the place to get started. Thanks so much. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m.
ballin', ballin', ballin' like Mike Trout. Countin' dollars in Gucci Prada wallets with matching belts, driving ballers while pounding bottles, smoking a bun and out, screaming lights good in my hood, ballin' like Mike Trout. I wanna be ballin', ballin', ballin' like Mike Trout. Countin' dollars in Gucci Prada wallets with matching belts, driving ballers while pounding bottles, smoking a bun and out, screaming lights good in my hood, ballin' like Mike Trout. When the sun sets in Cali, my mindset gets rowdy. Up all my groupies that gathered from different counties. My life is like a movie you're watching. I'm Robert Downey taking cinematic panoramic pictures off the balcony. When the sun sets in Cali, my mindset gets rowdy. I call up all my groupies that gathered from different counties. My life is like a movie you're watching. I'm Robert Downey taking cinematic panoramic pictures off the balcony. Okay, I'm about to be what I wanna be, and I'm gonna be who I wanna be. And if you don't like that, just get back, cause there ain't no fucking front in me. I got the beat, but you got the beast, and it's probably no time when it comes to me. Yo, what is up? It is your boy Johnny. Mags back at you once again. Joined as always with Daniel Garcia. And this is the All Angels Podcast for the month of December here from Halo Haven's headquarters in Riverside, California. Uh, joining us as always is Chris Security Johnson on the uh, ones and twos, as you will, uh, the producer. And uh, a lot, I mean, we were just talking before uh, we got started here. A lot of things happen, man. Like, not like huge, but pretty big stuff. And a, a lot of it, really, in the last, well, how long has it been? Awesome. Yeah, last month. It, it's crazy. We were kind of recapping what we should lead off with or how the podcast should go. And then we're kind of just looking back on, you know, we got some coaching hires. We got a player leaving. We got uh, some free agent minor league guys picked up. So there's been quite a bit going on in the last, you know, month uh, since our last podcast we've had. Yeah, so, I mean, let's, let's, let's get started, like, first foremost, we talk about where should we start? Well, let's start with the Otani news. Yeah, the great uh, Otani watch. Otani watch 2017. Hopefully, it doesn't go into 2018. No, it, it, I think he has until the 22nd. Oh, that's make, what it is. Okay. Uh, make his decision. And so, a lot of people are just talking about how the international money works and all this stuff. The Mariners uh, leap over everybody and have more money to offer, however that works. But, yeah. uh, big news, I mean, I saw a lot of tweets from like it was Ken Rosenthal he might have tweeted that money is not a uh, high priority for Otani so we can talk about how the Mariners jumped ahead but it doesn't really matter because Otani really just wants to I think he probably wants to take it over um, a lot of reports are saying he doesn't want to be somewhere where it's like crazy big market Right. so I don't know I mean the Angels, for the most part, I mean, we are a big market, but we're low key as well. Yeah, and just for people that don't don't know or haven't been watching completely, there are seven teams confirmed left in the Otani um, race, or you know, uh, you have the Cubs, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Angels, Rangers, and Mariners. Again, going over with the international pool money, um, the Mariners and the Rangers are just about the same. Uh, they both can offer three point five million, give or take a couple thousand. And then you have the Angels after that that can offer them $2.3 million. And the other uh, Cubs, Dodgers, Padres, and Giants can all, only offer them 300000 So, again, kind of like what you're saying, Otani has made it public that knowing or the money issue isn't going to be a big deal because, you know, give or take a million bucks is the only difference between one team or another. So it's not like you can go make a huge adjust, a big uh, jump in salary. Uh, but just so uh, Otani... Uh, for people that don't know, is a big Japanese import coming over, can both pitch and play and hit, and that's what he's actually looking to do when he comes over is both pitch and have opportunity to hit. Um, kind of like what you were saying too is that um, a lot of trades are going in with other teams that add more of that that pool money. That's why the Mariners were able to mm-hmm. jump over the Rangers and stuff like that. So you see a lot of 
smaller deals working around uh, Major League to try to jockey themselves um, for the for them to make a better offer to Otani. Right, and so like this whole Otani thing, like people, some people don't quite understand it because of the how the international money works and what is this twenty million that that, that somebody has to come up with or whatever. Um, and apparently, and I don't know the details 100%, but I know Otani could have gotten more money if he would have waited like two more years. Two more years because of his age. He's, he's right. 24 right now. Um, kind of like how the American, I guess you would say, players, how they have to kind of serve that rookie contract the first six years. So they kind of think about it. Okay, when you start at 20, they're going to count the six years for all these international players. So again, he's 24. If he would have waited two years, he, he, he wouldn't be... He would be free to uh, sign any kind of contract, right. and you was, you would hear um, some depends on where you where you read or who you listen to. But if you waited two more years and came over, he could have got up to a hundred thousand dollar contract easy, just off the hype alone and how well he's been doing, and not only in his club team in Japan, but also seeing him in the WBC and stuff like mm-hmm. that against you know the top international competition. But yeah, right. he wants to come over now. Um, some of his requirements was like like I said, he wanted to be on a West Coast team. So, again, the only non-West Coast team on his list is the Cubs and the Rangers. Um, and, again, too, like you said, small market. He prefers a smaller market. So, you think that kind of gets rid of the Dodgers. Um, so, like, I, I truly believe it might be between the Angels and the Mariners. And I heard one time, I don't necessarily know if it was true, if it was his people saying it or someone was a quote-unquote source it. But I heard that he wasn't necessarily interested in having or – Going to a team with that had already an established I read that. Japanese player part of their history, he kind of wants to go and make his own footprint. Oh, well, so, that puts us out of the market. Shigatoshi Hasegawa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because you know you go to uh, Seattle, you got Ichiro to compete with. So, you know, there's a bunch of signs pointing to different teams. But again, I think if you ask me personally, I think it probably does come down to the Mariners or the Angels. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the Angels. I think dip. And I, I'm almost said Depoto. Uh, Epler making moves to get money for the international, towards the international, whatever that is, uh, uh, shows you that they must, must have liked, because uh, he made the move the other day after they met with Otani. Right. And that told me, like, okay, he I think he thinks that something can happen, because, you know, not only was it a great move to pick up, a, 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 what's his name, Maiton from the Braves, but it, 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 gave, it gave him space, more money or somehow. Yeah, they... Well, the move I think you're talking about is the one they traded uh, Jacob Pearson. Oh, that's what it was. The outfielder. Again, he was... And again, it kind of depends on where you look at, but he was the fifth overall prospect in the Angels farm system. But again, he's an outfielder. Yeah. With them now... With, yeah, with them now securing uh, Upton yeah. for a handful of years, you got Trout, you got Calhoun, he wasn't necessarily a need. Kind of like what you were saying, um, you have Jemai, you have... Um, Joe Adele. Joe Adele that can come up and, you know, another... Three four years, so yeah. you're able to trade them off to, uh, I believe, the Twins, and you're able to get another million bucks in that mm-hmm. in that pool money. So again, all these little all these little um, free agent signings, uh, mid season or mid off season trades, aren't the ones that are going to be plastered all over ESPN or all over Fox Sports One, but they are the ones that are, are kind of jockeying each team in position to make a better offer for time. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So here's an email that we received on our uh, email. It's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. It was sent in by Malik Abul. He said, yo, what up, boys? Good show. So when is something going to happen with the free agent market? Do you guys think it's a matter of just one guy signing and that is going to get the ball rolling? And honestly, what do you guys think of our chances of getting Otani? We did just talk about our chances about getting Otani. We, we like our chances. 
But the whole when something happened, I think the whole baseball world is winning on Otani. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, because Especially again, the Angels. Well, you know? again, for people that know, he play. He's a pitcher. He is a number one or number two pitcher in a rotation. He's he has very good stuff. You know, he's going to have to mature as far as accuracy and, and be able to hit his spots. But as far as pure stuff, he's he's really top flight pitching. So again, there's no reason for a team to go out there and sign an Arietta or sign yeah, some until, of some of these free agent or until uh, Otani picks where he went. Now you can start moving pieces around. Right. Not only that, you got the Stan thing that's kind of hanging over the trade with Stan that Marlins want to try to get rid of. Right. And then too, if so, if you're a, a team that's looking for a bat and you want to talk to the uh, the Marlins about uh, Giancarlo. Again, you're not going to go and do anything until you figure out what's going on with that. Right. So, yeah, I, I think more so it is Otani. Yeah. Um, winter meetings are, in, I believe, in the 13th? A, uh, next week. I believe next right. week yeah. or the week after. And I think that's around the time where maybe Otani will make a decision at the beginning of it. And then I think you can see a lot of that's, action. I think, yeah, I think once he decides where he's going to go, I think you'll see moves, yeah. you know, that's usually daily. That's the, the winter meeting. So right. that leads us into another email that was sent in by Jasmine Beltran. And she said, so I keep seeing that uh, people are arguing about what the Angels need. So my question, in your opinion, uh, what should be the priority for the Angels? I say we go out and try and sign with Stockus and maybe a middle type rotation pitcher. But, but who? Um, when does baseball season start already? Um, like I said, I mean, I don't think the Angels, I think the Angels are biting their time, waiting on Otani. If they sign him, then we we look where we go to next. Okay, um, if we sign Otani, then maybe getting a middle of the rotation type guy is in top priority now. Yeah, see, and, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then now, if if he signs somewhere else, then just to say, all right, let's focus our attention on Mustakas. Let's focus right. our attention on the, I don't know Hosmer or somebody like that. Um, so that answers that question as far as that. And it's for for me, priority for the Angels, I don't know if there's exactly a top priority in my eyes. There's a lot of little things that we need to fix. Second base, are we just going to stick with Valbuena at third, or are we going to put Valbuena at first? Is Crone a possible trade piece if we don't sign Otani? There's a lot of things that are in play right now that you know can happen. But like we mentioned, the world is waiting on Otani, and especially the Angels, because I do honestly think the Angels have a good chance of signing the guy. Right, and, and, and kind of what you were saying. Um, you get a full year now of Upton. So, again, that left field question oh, yeah. mark that we had coming into the beginning of last season where you weren't necessarily sure what was going to happen. Yeah, you signed Maven. Yeah, you signed Revere. But now to know that you have Upton signed for, you know, the next uh, five years, uh, you you are able to get more pops. So now I think they shift. Again, this is all if they don't get Otani. If, and then they move away from that. I think now you sign, you try to go after Mustakas, I think is your number one priority. Right. Um, gives you another big bat to have in the lineup. And, you know, I was talking to some people yesterday, or today, earlier, um, second base. You know, second base is, is one of those, probably the bottom of my priority list, just yes. because if you do sign Mustakas, then you got pop. And there's always those rumors. They took interest in a first baseman like uh, Lucas Duda yeah. and Logan Morrison. So, again, if you sign one of those guys, you're going to upgrade there. Mm-hmm. Or at least you're going to be able to compete more so for uh, with 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 Crone there. You can have a little more competition and mm-hmm. play the hot hand. Um, again, Valbuena is always still going to be in the mix. 
But second base to me is like you kind of either go with a secondary free agent guy or you stay in house and you go coward. coward. Yeah. Granted, yeah, he's not going to probably bat 300 and do all this. But again, if you feel like you're a second baseman away and the trade deadline's coming up, then yeah, make a move. Yeah, yeah, why not? You don't have to make all these moves. And I think people get kind of carried away when the free agency starts. Yeah. We got to make moves. We got to do this. We got to do that. No, you can make some subtle moves here and there. Set yourself up to where if you are able to get in a running, mm-hmm. in a serious running, not like this last year where like they were three games out of the wild card and you were yeah. struggling at 500. Like a serious competing for division, you know, are all shooting on all cylinders. If you feel like you're there a second baseman away, you're always going to be able to make a move. You're Absolutely. always going to make a move at a trade deadline. Absolutely. Well, you touched on it. I mean, second base wouldn't be that much of a concern for many Angels fans had we have had Justin Upton all year. Exactly. The power numbers wouldn't have mattered. You know, second base could be filled by anybody. Um, you can catch light in a bottle like Johnny Giovatella did for us for one season. Exactly, you, yeah. You don't. It, you don't have to break bank. You don't have to give away talent or prospects to pick up a guy like Ian Kinsler or whatever. And like you said, end of the season, we need somebody like that. Just go and make a move. I mean, it's if, not if, a big deal. If, I, if you, and just look at the, the teams that this last year that made a run. A lot of them made moves and not even the trade deadline, the waiver deadline. Like, yeah. like yeah. don't forget, we got, uh, what's it called? Um, Phillips and them at the, at the waiver deadline. Mm-hmm. Phillips and Upton. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have it at the regular non-waiver deadline. Yeah. Same thing with Verlander. That was the Astros' big acquisition. Mm-hmm. Again, I think some people get too caught up in names and get too caught up and we got to make moves now. It's like, no, calm down. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what we yeah. have. Don't give up the farm for something that you don't no. know is going to happen. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were saying, we should have done that for D. Gordon. We should have done that for D. Gordon. It's like, no, I don't. He, he's he's going to make $10 million next year. He's going to make up to $15 million by the end of his contract. Mm-hmm. I don't... And he has a PED suspension already on his record. So that means he's one blown test for you missing out on the whole year. Right. So, again, I, I think the Angels are, are good. Are fine the way they are. Let's aim for Moustakas. Let's aim for maybe an upgrade at, at first base. And then from yeah. there, just kind of see what we need. Well, that, that good segue into this uh, podcast, or, uh, podcast question that we got from Duncan Healy from Dead Horse, Alaska. Salute, my friend. He said, "How does it go? How's it going, guys? Love getting uh, pot. Love the podcast. Getting my angels fixed during the off season. Okay, so here we go." He said, "So it's obvious everyone wants to know what are we gonna do. So many people get all upset that nothing has happened yet. No need to rush, everyone. Calm down. I don't believe everything you read. Don't believe everything you read or hear about what the angels are going to do or not do. The winter meetings haven't even begun yet. It's almost comical how angry fans are getting that nothing has happened yet." I agree with Duncan 100%. I, I don't understand why it's more this year. I think it seems like our fans are getting real antsy. And I agree with them. The winter meetings is usually when everything starts to happen. Everything starts to uh, go. The GM meetings and all that stuff. Um, like you, you said, so yourself. Let's just take our time here. See what happens. And then we'll go from there. Right. There's no need to rush into anything right now. None. at No. No rush at all. Voids, uh, voids will get filled up. We'll be fine. Okay, so since we're on on listener questions right now, I'm going to touch on this one, which will get us into another topic. This one's from Edward Vizcaino, and he said, What's up, fellas? So so that he sent us this when this happened. Uh, just read that Oakland picked up Yosemero Petit. Would have loved to have kept the guy. $5 million a year was not a lot of money. Do you guys happen to know if the Angels offered anything? Where do we go from here to replace valuable arm like Petit? Danny, you want to touch on that? Yeah. Um, again, Petit signed for two years, $10 million. So, again, like he said, $5 million per year. Um, 
went to the A's. You know, the Angels were, I believe, were trying to negotiate with him. I don't know if they didn't feel comfortable going to five years. Because, again, if you look at Petit, he had an awesome year last year, great year last year. Mm -hmm. But as far as um, history and, and, and age-wise, like, he wasn't necessarily the, a young a young guy. <laughs> That's a funny thing. People think he's young and he's a prospect and he was Right, no. he, he wasn't a prospect. Like, yeah. Um, like 33? Yeah, uh, 33? yeah, 33 years old. Yeah. So again, it, he had a great year. Now, are you feel confident that he's going to continue it? Or was that a career year for him? Mm -hmm. You know, so you're necessarily not sure what to do. Um, I'm sure the Angels probably were telling him, wait, wait, wait. Let's figure out what we're going to do with this. Again, Otani, let's figure out what we're going to do with this and that. And maybe he just wanted some security and just said, you know what? I want to sign now. Yeah. I want to have that security where I'm not waiting around. Which you can't blame the guy for that. But again, he He's a relief pitcher. You don't never know when their arms going to go out because there's never really a sign that oh he's on decline. It's usually hot and then you're not kind yeah. of deal. So yeah. um, and kind of going with the petite signing, maybe two or three days later they end up signing Jim Johnson. Yeah, it was from, almost right after. Yeah, it was almost yeah. like okay, fine, we'll do that. We'll do this. Yeah, um, Jim Johnson from the Braves. Again, not a young guy. He's thirty. He's thirty five years right. old. So um, well, he's a guy. He's a guy that you just he's I think he had back to back seasons of like fifty saves for Baltimore, one of the premier closers for two years, then all of a sudden lost it. But that doesn't mean this guy can't turn it around because people are so quick to jump, oh he sucks now, blah blah blah. What about Ryan Matson? That guy was great, then sucked, and now look at him now. He's serving a good role on a good team. You know, it doesn't mean that something good might not come out of Jim Johnson. It's possible that it could. And then, too, like if you think You're about it... not spending that much money, either. If you think about it, too, before Petit, before this last year, who was Petit? No one knew yeah. Yeah. who Petit was or what he would do. And it was just a, and it, it was a big surprise to everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Petit's ERA before, the year before he came to the Angels, was like four and a half. Yeah. Okay, Jim Johnson's uh, ERA last year was like around five. So, I mean, it's not that big of a difference. Again... It depends on how you develop and how they work him into the system. If he feels comfortable, um, for all we, was he dealing with an injury, a nagging injury all year long, or just simple stuff? Like obviously he's done it, so you think he still has it somewhat in him. Um, he, obviously he's not going to be the closer. I do not see him in a closer no, role no, at all. He will be a middle relief guy again. Um, but again, if you can get a good year, just a solid year out of him, yeah. then that's all you're that's all you're using him for. Yeah. Just a solid year. Um, sucks to see Petit go because he was really good last year. But again, you don't know what's going to happen because he was. 34 and and never had a, a year like that before so you never know what it's going to hold for the next year yeah and like if we can make uh jim johnson a seventh inning guy right you know just, yeah. that, hey man that's great get us three outs get the ball to keenan get the ball he to still camp. had 22 saves last year too for as for as lousy as he pitched on a lousy team by the way uh, he still had 22 saves 22 saves and 20 saves for the two years in atlanta so it's not like they it's batting practice with them. So I, I feel comfortable having them. Again, you're probably not We've been talking, you know, things are gonna start to roll and that's where the angels can pivot. More towards the start of spring training, we'll start seeing how things start to get puzzled in. You know, you'll have a big signing here and there, and then you'll see those pieces start to come. You'll see, like, the bullpen guy, the backup, you know, outfielder, all that good stuff. So, uh, other news for the Angels and uh, 
the last month was uh, a few like front office moves. Yeah, um, not so much front office either. I'm um, on field. Let's talk about the front office move first. Uh, Brad Osmus. Yes, special uh, assistant to the GM. Special assistant to the GM. That's usually like the spot that is like a hold spot for him to become a manager later. So yeah, to kind of stay you in know? the game and stay yeah. connected to to the players and just Major League Baseball in general. So right. That's the same thing for people that remember that the same position, but Black held mm-hmm. for a year, and then the next year he went off to uh, coach Colorado this last season. So, yeah, uh, um, I guess you, it's nothing bad is going to happen for him being around, you know, but I just don't expect that to be the missing link kind of deal. So, right, see right. how that goes. And then the Angels did a move where uh, Ron Renicky became the bench coach for the. Boston Red Sox? Yes, with all their movement. Yeah, and uh, so that opened up uh, a spot for the Angels. So uh, Dino Ebo goes back to third base coach. Right. And the Angels went ahead and brought in former Angel catcher who was infamous for being behind the plate when A.J. Pruszynski faked uh, Doug Eddings, the uh, umpire behind the plate in game four of the 2005 ALCS. Josh (laughs) Paul. Uh, becomes a new bench coach for the Angels. And a lot of people already were raising questions. Did he become the bench coach because he will become the manager at the end of this season because Mike Sosa's contract is over? Um, it's always funny because I, the love-hate relationship between the Angels fans and Mike Sosa is pretty funny. I, I think too early to even say any of that. I just I want to focus on next year. But Josh Paul, I mean, you know, I think he was a bench coach or he was a coach in New York. Yeah, um, no, he was like, yeah, he was a coach. He was, I think, a catching, the catching coach or catching, uh, develop something with in development, player development with the with the with the, with the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, and he's he's always been a guy who's kind of gritty, kind of like a grinder. You know, every catcher is, and uh, seems like catchers uh, become managers. You know, Mike Sosa, uh, I think was Joe Torre a catcher. I'm not 100 percent sure. I think he was. Uh, and then you have you know um, Joe Girardi, of course. Right. Uh, so you know. Um, you know, maybe maybe Josh Paul will be considered. You know, if Mike Sosa does not sign another contract at the end of the season, he may be considered. You know, for the Angels spot. But we'll get to that when when it gets here. Um, as we do every podcast, you raise a poll question, right. and uh, you want to get into the poll. Yeah, poll going, going back to what we we're talking about a little bit earlier, the Otani signing again. For people that don't know, this guy plays. In Japan, he pitches and plays DH. Um, hasn't played a field uh, a field position in the last two years, I believe, and even then it was kind of sparingly. So the question was easy: if we if the Angels are able to sign Otani, what two positions would you want him playing? And it was pitcher DH, pitcher first base, pitcher third base, or pitcher outfield. And you know, it's a landslide, obviously. Uh, pitcher DH was sixty-seven percent. So yeah. I think anywhere. DH maybe the next two days rest and then back into his normal spot in the rotations from is what I've heard his possible schedule could be because he's not going to pitch one day and then every day of his of, in between starts he's got he's not going to play DH every day he's not pitching no I, I just that's why I don't see him going to a National League team because uh, it's just you 
what do you do with the with the guy? You know, if right. he goes to a National League team, he's pretty much you're only going to bat when you pitch, and that's it. And he wants to be able to have an at least an opportunity to bat when he's not pitching, and right. that's only going to happen in the American League. So you know, the Angels. I didn't. You know, this question was raised on a, on a few. I think on Hato Haven was if the Angels sign him. And he wants to play. Well, he's going to have to take the bat away from Albert Pujols to play DH. The Angels already have a set DH in Albert Pujols. What what problems will occur there? I don't know if any problems will occur. That's that's the day where you give uh, Albert Pujols a day off. Or if you need to, you put Albert at first. Again, he's not. Albert wouldn't be playing first base all the all the the whole time. Again, you're talking about maybe two or three days out of the week. Otani will be DH. Probably just two. Right, and I'm sure Albert can play two two yeah, days for sure. as long as it's not like a um, Saturday night Sunday afternoon game. If it's like a Monday night Tuesday night game yeah, or a Wednesday night Thursday night game, I'm sure Albert can can do that just fine. And then he'll fill in that DH role the rest the rest of the week. I mean, again, you're not asking Albert at his age to play DH or play first base every, every day. Sing, every day. Yeah. And then there are pictures going around. He had an yeah, event. He, he had an, yeah, yeah. Talking about it earlier, he had an event. Um, I believe in the DR. Uh, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago. But anyways, he took pictures. You know, it was a big event. He looks like he's lost weight. Now, hopefully, again, this will be his first offseason healthy. No surgeries, no restriction on training, no restriction on conditioning. So, again, if he's able to lose some weight and take pressure off his legs, his knees, his ankles, his joints, um, I don't see why he couldn't play base or play first base for two days out of the week. Yeah. Or two days every five days. I I, I don't see why not. Because again, he you're not asking him to do a whole lot. He, yeah. You're playing first base. He's not. It's not exactly a physically demanding position like catcher or yeah. you know, or anything like the that. Alpha when you yeah. Need to run so much. Yeah. right. So I I I think if he loses weight, he's able to stay healthy and have a strong conditioning off season that he hasn't been able to do since. since I would say he got like here pretty yeah, much. Yeah, like the last four or five years. Yeah. Like he hasn't had a. A complete healthy offseason. So, again, if they sign Otani, they must they must feel somewhat comfortable with the fact that Albert is um, staying in shape, able to move better, able to train better mm-hmm. this offseason. So, I, I think it's it's very possible that you know that will be the answer for the yeah. in between. Oh yeah, and then you know with Albert losing weight, you're nimbler on your feet, you're lighter on your feet. Even standing there at first base isn't as demanding. I know how it could be. You're standing there, and your back starts to kind of hurt a little Tighten bit up, yeah. yeah but the fact that you're a lot lighter on your feet a little nimbler maybe a little stronger core wise could help them out a lot more tremendously and like you said playing one or two days a week at first base i, I actually think he would love to do that yeah because I mean, he's, he's, he's some pride in there yeah he and i think he was really reluctant last year to be like to kind of give in and be like okay i'll be the i'll be the full-time dh i think he wants to he he's always been a guy that kind of had the pride took took pride in his defense took pride in playing first base and playing every day. And obviously that's not going to happen now, but if he can still get out there a couple days out of the week and play first base and give this Otani kid a, a chance to uh, bat and play DA, I'm sure he's... And he's always said, too, he's always liked playing first base more than DH because he feels like you're more into the game, you're more... Um, you're not sitting around, you know, you bat in the first inning and then you might not get back up until the third or fourth, but you're not doing anything in that time. You're, right. you're literally just sitting down. Yeah, maybe you go down to the cage and hit a couple of balls in between, but it's not the same thing as being out there, being part of the game, feeling the energy, and, and being able to move around. So I think mentally, I think that would help him too, being out there a couple couple games. Right, right. So 
Okay, so let's touch real quick, and I don't know if you did your research on this guy. Uh, the Angels picked up that kid, Maiton, from the Braves. Kevin Maiton? Maiton? Maiton, and then Levon Soto. Yeah, and so Maiton, apparently, the Angels signed this guy, and he became our number one prospect. Overnight. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, wow, okay. I mean, how good is this guy? I kind of briefly looked at his numbers, and they didn't jump off at the, off the page at me, but he is only 17 He's years 17. old. He's 17. Well, both of them. So yeah. just... Some background behind it. Um, both kids came from the Braves organization. Uh, their GM or ex-GM now got caught in a huge um, controversy where he was cheating with the international signing rules and and just doing some shady stuff, and the MLB caught it. So pretty much the punishment for the Braves was this GM guy, he's gone. He's banned. He's a Pete Rose. He's banned for life. Yeah. And now... And now all the international players they signed in that time period, which was, you know, a couple of years, they were granted their flat-out free agent, free agency. You yeah. know, no more you know, thing in the system. You are out. You can sign with whoever, wherever you want. So, again, the Angels pick up um, shortstop. Well, both are infielders. Shortstop, Kevin. Uh, you got to figure out. My, my time. My I'm going my time. My time. And then Levon Soto. Both 17. The yeah, they're both shortstops. Um, Kevin who is, I guess, now the Angels' number one prospect, or at least top three, they say could transfer to a third base. Again, these guys are seven or 17 yeah, years old. Yeah, they're four years away. Yeah, they are both played in rook ball last year, so um, I don't think we'll see, we might see them toward the end of next year, maybe. In the Empire. In the Empire, but mm-hmm. I can see them starting with a low Class A Yeah. and then maybe working their way up, depending on how it goes. But again, this guy was like a top five prospect in the Braves organization. Yeah. When and Braves organization until recently was one yeah. of the better ones in in and Major I think League he Baseball. Was number thirty eight overall. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And this will be the Angels' first hundred top hundred since Mike Trout prospect. And yeah, probably. I think. Yeah. Probably. So again, so the Angels get gotcha. again. This 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 isn't going to help the Angels next year. This isn't going to help the Angels the year after but that. It, but later. But later on, 2020, cool. 2021. Yeah. Um, core group of guys is set right. there you have you know um and i read the list and i got to about number four it was number one was my number two was joe adele number three surprisingly enough was not our friend jamai jones it was matt dice followed by number four being jamai jones um so i mean that's a good core group yeah i would say thice might just be give uh the advantage over jones because he's older, he's, older. Clo- he's closer to being in, in the in the majors so yeah um that to me is probably why they ranked him over that yeah, so, I mean, little moves here that could pay off large in the future, man. And that's, the Angels' farm system is horrendous. People, you got to realize this. When you, when the Angels don't make a trade, it's because they have nobody to trade. When people want to get rid of a good player, they usually want prospects in return. We haven't had that in years. So, you know, I think the last core group of real good prospects that we had was that group with Howie Kendrick, Casey Kotsman, Kendry Morales, you know, uh, Jared Weaver. That was like the last core group of prospects that we really had. And uh, looking at this list list now, I'm liking the Dell, especially after seeing Jeremiah Jones in an Empire. Right. I mean, these guys, these guys are all young. They're all, I believe they're all under 20. Yeah. So it is going to be a little bit before they're able to uh, make any impact. But it'll be cool to watch over the years to see how they develop and, See him go through the system and see him, uh, you know, maybe switch, maybe switch positions. Maybe you know, you put Odell in second, Jones in left or right, and then you put these kids at shortstop in third or shortstop in second. I mean, again, these guys are so young; they can develop into different positions. And now, 
can fit holes the Angels that we mm-hmm. don't even know they might have in, in, in well, four or five years. Yeah, just because you come up as a center fielder or shortstop or left fielder doesn't mean that's what you're going to play if you do make it to the big leagues. Right, right. You know, my brother uh, spent a lot of time with the Inland Empire 66ers in the early to mid-2000s uh, working there. And there was a guy, hot shot shortstop prospect. His name was Adam Jones, shortstop for the yeah. Inland Empire 66ers. Now he's a superstar center fielder for the Baltimore. So yeah, anything can change, man. You know, and that's a drastic change, shortstop to center field. So, um, you know, anything can happen. Okay, so um, are we, are you pretty much, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into like other side questions that we got here? No, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty that's, much that's, it, right? That's the, the, the majority of what happened in the mm-hmm. month. We have to, yeah, we're good. Okay, so. This question was sent in in the email with Malik, where that Malik sent us, and we talked about it before on a little a little pre podcast discussion. He asked also, "What do you guys think of Angel Stadium? Is it time for the Angels to get a new stadium in the near future? What are, what is your thoughts on that, Daniel? I mean, I like Angel Stadium not only because of how it is, but like where it's located." It's, yeah, well, yeah, it's super easy to get to. It's right off the freeway. Um, you know, it's a good area to, to kind of just hang out in before. Um, upgrades, again, I would love upgrades just here and there. Um, we were kind of talking uh, before the podcast. And if anyone's seen the photos from the Eagles are practicing there because they're playing the Rams this week. But the boards, both boards, both big screens on the left and right field are completely gone. So yeah. um, it looks like they're upgrading that. So if you get, you know... Better boards, um, uh, better uh, high-definition boards. Um, you know, and I think, too, a lot of it's going to come down to what they offer the fans there as far as food and and just those stuff to do before and after the game, I think, will help. But as far as, like, move, I don't think they need to move. I think, that, I think they're perfectly fine where they're at. Yeah, you know, Angel Stadium has a unique character to it. I don't, you know, I grew up with the enclosed football stadium angel stadium and i loved it you know the orange seats the green you know uh the characters on the walls you know and when we when they redid it in this new version of angel stadium it seemed like a brand new stadium to me so and now you know it's it was i think 1998 when it opened so that's already what 20 years yeah so you know that's a long time and there hasn't really been significant upgrades or anything added to it um we were talking chris was actually talking about how it was always weird to him that you could never see the game from behind the rocks and my little suggestion was maybe they add a little kind of catwalk thing where it's elevated a little higher and you can have standing room only kind of seating kind of like how they, they do have, in kansas city yeah like they have over to at the bud at the bud light um bar yeah, or whatever over so, in right field right, super right field yeah. um that would be a suggestion i love angel stadium you touched on how easy it is to get there but also how easy it is to get out yeah oh there's yeah. you hear some stories from some oh, and it's Dodger like one stadium it's like one way in one way out kind of deal there's, yeah. only, there's not a whole lot of uh, options as far as how to get uh. out of there yeah, I always enjoy, and you know, we yeah. stay for the whole game. We stay for the fireworks. Yeah. We stay for all. That. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people that that leave early to, to beat the traffic. But, but even even when we stay the full time, yeah, you're, what twenty minutes? Yeah, maybe? and then you're there enough. You know where to park to make it even easier yeah, on yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's, it's not terrible. I like 
Again, I like how the bullpens are stacked. I think that's something very rare that you'll yeah. be able to see both bullpens like that. Usually, you see one on one side, the one on the other side. Right. Um, there's not a lot of ballparks that have them stacked like that. Um, yeah, it's a cool little thing. But as far as like, I kind of want to deal more with like the Angels, like on the field, like as far as like uniform. I, I would love for them to bring back more okay. like the throwback uniform yeah, and stuff I would like love that. that. I would they love do a more, navy blue jersey, like an alternate. Throw yeah, me something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if there's any kind, it, if, if an alternate, like I, I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit. The spring training hats both uh, uh, came out. Ah. Uh, so everyone, you know, a lot of teams. I'm not gonna say every team, but a lot of teams have like two. Yeah, have like two two caps. They're like main traditional logo and then like an alternate logo. And the alternate logo looks awesome, especially when it's something special like spring mm-hmm. training. But the Angels is the same spring training cap the last three, four years in a row. The only thing that changed. It's a different patch. Yeah, just a different patch. It's with a different year on the yeah. side. And yes, I will be a sucker. And yes, I will buy that <laughs> new hat because yes, I like the new patches. Anyways, but it would still be awesome if there was a different kind of alternate logo. And the Angels doesn't have an alternate logo just to begin with. We're, no, bo- we're boring like that, dude. And I think, it's always been like that. I think if they were to think of think just think of one or bring an old one back, even if it's yes. just like the California Thank logo. The, on Sundays, you wear your California Angels uniform. Or if you don't want to go the whole California thing, bring back the small A. I mean, you can still use that as the Angels. Yeah, I mean, just don't bring back Periwinkle. Yeah, well, you know, every once in a while, who knows? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Yeah, so just I, I think I would love them to do more of a throwback, more of a... Um, you know, every once in a while they do bust out the old LA uniforms, and I yeah, love but those. So rare. That's like once a year, yeah. and then you have uh, teams like the Pirates, teams like the uh, Mariners did this last year. And I just, think the the uh, Orioles do the all orange all too over, on Fridays. Like, yeah, and yeah. a lot of those teams do like the throwback on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. I know the Pittsburgh does, and and the Mariners. Do. I uh, if they can do something like that, that to me that would be more better for the fans than anything they can really do. Not even and, that the revenue that they could bring in from. Oh, like someone who never saw that uniform who's 15 years old goes, holy crap, that looks awesome. Mom, buy me a hat, yeah, I like a jersey. I like the old school pullover ones without the buttons in the See, front. Yeah. See, like it's... Uh, or a hat, dude. A navy blue hat. A navy blue hat with maybe the red bill. bill. Yeah, there's something different. I mean, something. there has to be a group of like, at least like four or five people there. And you know, same day you can at least, let's try this. Let's graphic design this. Spin it around the room and see what people like. But to me, it's just like, ah, uh, if they were able to just do something like that, I think that'd be way cooler than, you know, because Angel Stadium is what it is. It's, it's, it's a huge ass building. Not like you do a whole lot of changes, but like if you can affect the on-field uh, visuals and, and, and kind of get fans into it again like that and be like, oh man, they're wearing their, you know, uh, 1980, whatever uniforms this week. Let's, you know, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, back in 1995, I don't know if you remember, Chris. It was turn black the clock night at Angel Stadium. So was I. They played the Baltimore Orioles. The only reason I wanted to go was because they were wearing their 1966 California Angels throwback uniform. And they gave out a replica hat. California Angels hat. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking sold out. Like the whole stadium was was the first time I'd ever seen it that sold out. And on top of all that, they sold... The food and all yeah, the concessions for, like 50 cents, for right? uh, whatever it was. Original 1961 prices. Yeah. So people are throwing hot dogs all over the place. <laughs> okay, maybe about that, that. That reminds me of the whole yeah, uh, yeah, it was a dem- or, uh, disco demolition night in oh, yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Then it actually yeah. all yeah, went, I went the- a little awry, but I'll never <laughs> forget that game. It's my 13th uh, um, birthday. And also, I remember Eddie Murray hitting a home run. Yeah. And then um, I was throwing it back. I think yeah.
The same thing. And yeah. yeah, they have the alternate red, but man, that, that, already that, that alternate red is almost literally now their yeah, they use majority. It, they use it every day. They use it, yeah. They use it more than their whites. Whites or grays. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. if they can change it up, like, something like that, just, just give the fans something else to talk about. I mean, at the end of the day, baseball is kind of one of those sports where, yeah, it happens every day. But for the casual fan, you, you, need, you need something to talk about. You need something to kind of stir uh, interest in. And if that's a jersey swap or or just a promotional deal, hey, kind of like you said, turn back the clock. Let's make it a weekend. Make it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you each day, maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you use a different, yeah. a different era. Whatever. Yeah. Perry Winkle fr- can be on Sunday. Yeah. Every or, or Friday, whatever. every Sunday they have. Make it, that, you know, yeah. again, they could turn around and sell those those same jerseys in the yeah, store, yeah. and I guarantee you they're going to make some money. Just like they do with the 4th of July jerseys, the Mother's Day jerseys, the Father's Day jerseys. They do yeah. all that for the money. For the money. This would be your all-year-long thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can keep them in the store. And, I'll, t- and I'll tell you what. I would go and buy me a Mike Trout jersey with, you know, the CA, old CA. Yeah, I mean, whatever, uh, you know? So I mean, besides that, that would be my kind of upgrade to Angel Stadium is the jerseys on the, the players. Wear. Mine would be more bobbleheads, like yeah. Dodger Stadium. More, more bobbleheads. Well, this last year they were they were good with yeah, bobbleheads. Yeah, they're all Mike Trout. I would I would like to see like a couple. Um, Maybe an up then. Well, a couple like legends ones, kind of like what they did with Nolan Ryan this year. Yeah. Do one, do two. You know, you can do a Chuck Finley one. You can do Chuck a, Finley would be good. Tim Salmon already had one, but you can do you can do it, it again. I mean, again. it wasn't as like it was last Tom year. Looking over there, we had we had the Downing Carew. Carew. In 2002. Um, but you do, yeah. But or you can go to the 2002 team and do a Spezia one. I mean, that was yeah, the most important go. home run in Angels history. Do something like, yeah, or you know? a Percival. Just, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, Percival would be awesome. Do, uh, just do some kind of throwback, couple throwback, uh, have them, and then have them there throughout the first pitch, make it a, deep, make it a whole big deal. Um, you know, if Vladdy gets into the Hall of Fame. A Vladdy one. Yeah, get a Vladdy one. I mean. They're doing a Vladdy one this year. Are they, are they doing a Vladdy oh, see, one? There you go. See, they, so. That's trying, right. there, there's one legend one day. to get him to go in his an ego. Uh, that's a Brian. Yeah, that's a Brian. Uh, come, on, come on, Expos. What are you going to do now, huh? <laughs> What's your move? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you can't do it. Oh, that's right. Ooh. <laughs> uh, here's another question from uh, Duncan Healy, our friend from Dead Horse, Alaska. And this is actually to Chris. I said, Johnny, Chris, I heard the podcast with the quote, unquote, the curator. How awesome. Curator. <laughs> curator. Where did your love for collecting come from, and how did it become Halo Haven? Well, Johnny, it started a long time ago. <laughs> I was uh, We were talking about your question before today's show, and I was just thinking about, you know, as a child, what, you know, what did I do? What did I collect? I collected all sorts of junk, but, and I guess I'm, today I'm kind of a hoarder, but... <laughs> Even back in the day, I, I mean, I started collecting. I used to send out letters all summer long to different teams, asking them for their fan package and claiming to be their biggest fan. Oh, wow. And so they, and I, the main thing I wanted was their season schedule. So I used to collect season schedules and I'd have them like in like this book. And that was my deal. And then um, even as a kid, I started like making like mini stadiums like out of materials. I remember having like a backstop made out of a strawberry container, making clay angel stadium replicas in high school and ceramics class so i feel like the curation was always there yeah, so i didn't very know, deep down yeah i didn't call it curation um, that that name was given to me actually la- uh, last season by uh johnny he just kind of came up with it at the 66 yeah, yeah, yeah we were right there in the hangar 24 patio came up with that name but i've always collected stuff 
and it's <laughs> progressed over the years, and it's kind of got out of control, depending <laughs> who you ask. And, and it's um, not just, like, angel stuff either, right? You collect, like... Yeah, I collect history stuff. Yeah. I collect autographs. I, like, collect, uh, you know, like... Real, real stuff. Like I got a Civil War cannonball I picked up a few years ago. It's in my house. That's insane. Hopefully it doesn't explode. But stuff like that. And I just find like out, old, yeah, old vintage baseball stuff. But yeah, that's kind of where it started. I've always had it in my blood and was making like mini Angel Stadium stuff, like in wiffle ball fields as a kid. I had like a little big A on top of my roof. Dang. Um, so that's yeah. awesome. The, th- yeah. Thanks for the question. That's well, the awesome. second part was how did it become Halo Haven? Like, where did Halo Haven come from? Halo Haven, the whole the whole concept. We started off uh, 2010 collecting Angel stuff. Always been an Angels fan, but being at the 2010 Home Run Derby and just looking out there and said, "Hey, let's turn the garage into something else." So basically, drywalled the garage, built the wall, man, um, just went crazy. Put down the fake AstroTurf, got stadium seats, uh, lockers from a local high school, and then this whole. Um, name of halo haven haven being like a refuge a refuge from the ordinary we wanted to do something different saw a lot of angels fan stuff out there it's good and all but it just didn't represent who we were and so just kind of started there and then it became you know a meetup experience in the parking lot and then fast forward years later last last year we met john and he already had his all angels podcast going and met daniel actually at a um a watch party in downtown riverside and now we're friends and Met John, and then now we're both in Daniel's wedding. So yeah. <laughs> things have really, you know, who who would have thought back then that you know this would this would be the case? But and talking to someone in Dead Horse, Alaska, never yeah, thought that insane. would be the case. So. That's insane. That's awesome. Thanks for the follow. Yeah, yeah, man, no doubt. Um, I like I stand in in Halo Haven, and like, man, like the, I remember the first time I came here. And I came to pick up some pennants that Chris had made for me, some Bobby Gritch pennants, because Bobby Gritch is my mom's favorite baseball player. And I was like, I gotta get my mom one of those pennants. And I remember you showed me in here, and I was just in like awe of this because I myself am a collector too. I just haven't, I don't have as much stuff as Chris, but I think I do have a lot of old weird stuff. Like my thing was the Angels Halos magazines. The right. Halo magazine. I have my dad has some from the PCL Angels days, and he once he I got old enough where he was just like, "Here, they're yours. Take care of them." I cherished them, and even when I was a little kid, I would save. I would buy two pen, uh, two programs. One to rip pages out of and post them up on my wall, and the other one I put in a little sleeve thing and put it away. And so I have Halo magazines from years, even before I was born. They were my dad's, but. I started collecting like all the stadium giveaways. My mom, my dad, my brother, and myself would go. My brother didn't care for his giveaway. I would, <laughs> you know, I would always care for mine. So he'd give me his, and then I'd take my mom and dad. So I'd always have like three or four of that. So I have a lot of old stadium giveaways from the '80s, from Angel Stadium, stuff like that. And I have dabbled on the eBay market. Like that kind of got me in trouble a little bit a few years back, where I would just, oh man, I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna buy that. But I'm broke. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, so I'm a bit of a collector myself. So when I came in here, I'm like, holy crap, this place is insane. And it definitely is a refuge from the ordinary because this is not this is not ordinary. When you come in here, you, you're saying this is like angel angel heaven, man. Like, you know? Yeah, I mean, just thinking about it too. It, like the main goal was to recreate kind of like every facet of Angel Stadium. It's pretty so much like, here. So yeah. all the landmark stuff, the trademarks, like the you big, the big A, A. With, that's where the TV is with the light up. 
uh, Halo. You got this remote. thing over here. So the front of the stadium where it says Angel Stadium of and kind of like, um, and it's the Angel Stadium of Riverside. Then we have that rock fountain and um, that was kind of the one thing that we needed and I wanted so much and uh, we kind of liberated that from someone's backyard. Um <laughs> After they're moving, so I uh, saw so all those little aspects of the stadium. Got the hot dog machine, rolling hot dogs during. You even got the games, little stuff like that. The little like patch of grass by the rock pile, yeah. even lifted over here, and then old Anaheim Stadium seats, all that good stuff. It's, it's crazy. It's cool. Um, but no, nah, man, Duncan, thank you for being a listener in Dead Horse Alaska, man. That when you first sent us an email and we. We thought you were joking, and we looked it up on a map and go, holy crap, that's that's pretty far, and it's pretty insane, and I have the wrestling podcast, and wrestling fans are pretty pretty crazy, but to, to have an Angels fan in Dead Horse, Alaska is pretty, it's pretty crazy, you know, the wrestling podcast, we get guys from the UK, and that's just because wrestling, well, we're a bunch of nerds, but uh, an Angels fan in Dead Horse, Alaska, bro, that's, that's crazy. Um, I don't think we have any more... Follow up questions that, that uh, some people wrote in. Oh, I think we pretty much took care of it. I'm just kind of checking, double checking. Nope, we're good there. Anything else you want to touch on, Daniel, before we we close this show off? No, I mean that's it. Again, um, winter meetings are, are coming up, so expect some big moves then. Um, we'll be back in January with next month's mm-hmm. uh, podcast. Uh, but yeah, so um, again. Send a question. We'll start collecting questions now or whenever at uh, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, again, you can look us up on Twitter or even on Instagram. It's uh, Halo underscore Haven on both Instagram and on Twitter. So if you want to contact one of us or just, you know, uh, give us a follow, go ahead and do that. Um, iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, mm-hmm. write a review. Again, we're trying to figure out how to do this better for you guys. Yeah. Um, write a review, what you like, what you don't like, ideas, you know, just just throw stuff out there and, you know, throw it at a wall, see if it sticks kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's pretty yeah. much it. We had a little podcast meeting, what, a few weeks ago, and we got some ideas in the works, and those are things that we're going to kind of tinker with and play with, mess with before the season starts, uh, you know, that we, we, got a lot of, we got a lot of stuff that we want to get out there for you guys to make this not just you know us talking about angels baseball but you know add adds a little you know things here and there that kind of are a little different maybe once a month segments or whatever uh, i know we want to involve the fans more so like daniel said shoot us your emails follow us on the social media platforms and and we'll do our best to kind of you know answer your guys' questions and all that stuff you know we we uh uh we're pretty good at that if, if right. you know Daniel and, and, and Chris are on top of like the whole social media thing and if I see a comment on there I'll jump in there real quick and, and throw my two cents in there too so um, I just again I can't stress enough how awesome it is to have you guys listening to us and getting these email questions sent to us you know um, it's insane so thank you guys again for uh, for giving us a, giving us a listen big shout out to Chris the Curator Johnson for having us in studio here at Halo Haven Headquarters um, as always man I'm Johnny Max. I'm and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Stay tuned next month. Hopefully by then, there'll be some crashes. And only 112 days to opening day. There you go. And which means that's what? Roughly like 70 to 60 days before spring training. There you go. Yes. Get ready. Right. So that's going to wrap it up. You guys have a great uh, Christmas, holiday, whatever you guys celebrate. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you guys in 2018. So literally, we will see you, you next year. year. Yep. Peace out. You guys have a good one.
off the bat. Okay, I'm about to be what I want to be, and I'm going to be who I want to be. And if you don't like that, just get back, because there ain't no fucking front in me. I caught the beat, but you got the beast, and it's probably no time when it comes to me. And am I like mine when it comes to beat? There ain't no motherfucker out here like me. Copy, no me when I hit the beat. Call me, homie, when I hit the street. Call me, only if you got the beat. Phone me, for free, never pay the fee. MVP, MVP, they chanting like they know me. They're yelling out like I might try with my mic down to the I'm gonna be ballin', ballin', ballin' like Mike Trout. Counting dollars in Gucci Prada wallets. We're matching belts, driving ballers while pounding bottles. Smoking the bun and now I'm screaming, life's good in my hood. Ballin' like Mike I'm Trout. I'm gonna be ballin', ballin', ballin' like Mike Trout. Counting dollars in Gucci Prada wallets. We're matching belts, driving ballers while pounding bottles. Smoking the bun and now I'm screaming, life's good in my hood. Ballin' like Mike Trout. I lead off, no, I just take the ease off. Priorities over these little things, they got you pissed off. First off, shout out to HB for the ground you kept on. Like number 27 is in a field with some headphones. Bumping instrumentals of Dr. Dre's big egos. Bitches are leaving marks on my neck like they're mosquitoes. Pardon, Miss Dally Porton, Mr. Danny DeVito. We stacking so many bricks in the socks, you think it was Vito. So leave alone, no phone home. I'm long gone, too gone for you to ever know. What the fuck that I'm really on? Killing a million people, then I run away from home. Too hide the bones of only those people that were evil in the homes of the ones with the tongues that'll hurt the most. If you can never learn to coast, I'm trying to stay on the catacombs. Nights I lay with the city girls. I'm trying to stay is the way to go. If you're trying to find a girl, just rock your world. In this world, there's no time to sit back and count dollar signs. But I'm all out trying to ball out like I'm Mike Trout when I'm on my beat. Balling, balling, balling like Mike Trout. Counting dollars in Gucci Prada wallets. We're matching belts, driving parlors while pounding bottles. Smoking the bun and now I'm screaming. Life's good in my hood. Balling like Mike Trout. I'm gonna be balling, balling, balling like Mike Trout. Counting dollars in Gucci Prada wallets. We're matching belts, driving parlors while pounding bottles. Smoking the bun and now I'm screaming. Life's good in my hood. Balling like Mike Trout. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital.
That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.